What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to an episode of Bloke in a Bar, brought to you by Bloke Beer, the best beer in all the land. It's getting warmer, boys and girls. Get into your local, grab a case of Bloke Beer. It is designed for warmer months because it's a session lager, really easy drinking, fresh, crisp beer. Sit back. You've worked all week. The World Cup's on. You've got a bunch of sport on. The perfect beer is Bloke Beer. Now, we are in every single Celebrations Bottolo, IGA Plus Liquor, Porter's Liquor in New South Wales and ACT. That's right. If you live in New South Wales and ACT and there's a Celebrations of Bottolo near you, you can go in, grab a case of Bloke in a bar. Plus, at Porter's Liquor, we are currently $52 a case in any Porter's Liquor in New South Wales. We're also in hundreds of other stores across Queensland, ACT, Victoria, Go to our website, put in your postcode. It'll show you the nearest stockers. So grab a case of Bloke in a Bar. That's what keeps this keeps us growing, keeps the lights on. It's the best way to support the platform. If you enjoy the content each week, you sit back and you, you love the podcast, grab a case of Bloke in a Bar to help us keep moving forward. And it's on top of everything, it's a beautiful beer. We've also got the brand new MIDI as well. But as usual, let's get straight into it, baby. Just a Bloke in a Bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, brought to you by the beautiful Bloke Beer. Get down your local, grab a case. We're here now in every single Celebrations, Bottolo, IJ Plus Liquor, Porter's Liquor in New South Wales and ACT. Plus, we're in hundreds more stores across the eastern seaboard, uh, Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, ACT. So head to blokeinabar.com. You put in your postcode. It will show you the nearest stockers. Also, got plenty of bloke shirts on bloke.shop. But I'm super excited to announce we've got the great... Hudson Young on the show. How you going, brother? Good, mate. Thanks for having me. Nah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Now, what's it been like? It's been a few weeks since you've had off now. What's, uh, I guess, the feeling after the season you've had? Yeah, it was a little bit weird to to start because I didn't expect us to lose. I thought we were actually going to kick on. And yep. um, obviously going down to Parra, it was a bit of a shock. But um, <coughs> it's been good to get home and see the family as well. Mm. It's... Uh, it was so good the run you had into the finals because I think everyone kind of didn't expect that like that late push that you did. Yeah. Because you started the year, you know, so like poorly. And then it was like the second half of the year. If you looked at your, you know, your record, like Ricky Stewart said, you might have been in the bloody top four. Yeah, 100%. Obviously, the way that we started the season was real disappointing and mm. uh, probably comes back to the second half. We, we had our halfback that we signed and mm. um, I feel like he – Built with Jacko and Xavier uh, massively and helped our run into the back half. Yeah. Um, it, it's like, it just shows you how important just a good, solid seven with experience is. Yeah, especially because we did our whole um, pre-season with, with Jamal there. So, mm. And I think he got injured in the trial game. And then um, credit to Brad Snyder, put his hand up and, and come in. But um, it's hard for a young rookie to, to yeah. come in and take over and control the side. With superstars like Jack White and Papa in there, so it's mm. hard for a young kid to do that. And um, you've seen what Jamal did when he come back. Yeah. And so Schneider is he? Does he play six in New South Wales Cup or seven? I think he might play six, and Frawley might play seven. But okay. It's same, same. I think. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. The guy. I think the game is. I mean, it's good to have an organising one. But I mean, look at the the Storm. Like they got Jerome Hughes and Munster, and I think back in the day you would say both of them are would be sixes, but Hughes yeah. obviously makes it work. Yeah, 100%. Um, what about uh, you've got uh, the recent announcement uh, that you'd made the Australian extended squad. Uh, well, I guess, how did that come about and were you surprised? Yeah, I was a little bit surprised. Um, I got an email from, well, the club got an email from whoever to say that uh, me and Jacko had been selected in that. So mm. um, 
Yeah, like you said, I was actually a bit surprised. And um, Speaking of emails, did you have a funny email growing up like we all did? Yeah. What, what was your email? <laughs> it was something to do with, I was a Billy Slater fan, so it was something, to, it was like Huddy slash Billy Slater or something. <laughs> 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 At live.com. Yeah, good. <laughs> hey, mate, that's better than mine. Mine was Sir Kempelot. <laughs> at hotmail.com <laughs> what was yours Matty? Uh, mine was Matty Buxton underscore rabbitos at hotmail.com <laughs> and then when you eventually got to read it out to someone yeah <laughs> oh shit it's I think that's when you have when you change your email is when you become an adult yeah because <laughs> it's like when you're 16 and that you think you're the coolest bloke in the world that's funny so you're a massive Slater fan going up yeah I've still got a thing of him on my wall at home at, at Nen's house so Everything was Billy Slater when I was a kid. Were you a like an outside back growing up, or just you yeah? I've come Slater? through at the, in the <coughs> halves, and when I was younger than that, I was a fullback. So fullback, yeah. Holy heckers, <laughs> biggest fullback ever. Yeah. Um. So Billy the kid, do you think he's the goat fullback? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, mate. He One was of the goat just, slayers, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like when he came back after he was told basically he wasn't going to play again, and then won a GF. You go yeah. on. He won the GF, didn't he? Yeah, two thousand seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, what what was it feeling like playing against Slater? Did you I, get a chance? No, nah, I never got to play oh, against him. Out. Got to play against Smith and stuff like that. But yep, yeah, it would have been dream come true if I played against him. Oh, because what you debuted 2019? Okay, he retired 18, 18, yeah, 18. Or well, might have been 17 after GF. I, th- I might have been. Did they yeah. play GF 18? Mm. Yeah, they lost the Roosters. Yeah, he was. That's right. It was his last game because he got he was going to get suspended for yeah, his last game. Off, oh, okay, yeah. okay. So, okay, the 18. So just the year before. Damn, damn. Um, do you have any? Did you get to meet him at all growing up? Nah. Uh, there was a time at Newcastle. Um, I think we played maybe a game before the Knights um, in a school footy game and. Mm. Um, they come out to warm up and I remember just standing there just staring at him for ages. I was like, fuck my door. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, when you're younger, you when you see like the NRL players and that, you're like, that, they're almost like a world away. Yeah. Like, I could, how would I ever be that? Yeah. Uh, I remember a trial with, um, it was like Dragons vs Bulldogs. I don't know why it was on the Gold Coast, but I remember like like walking past and seeing Gaznier and I think Sonny Bill was in the Bulldogs squad. I, I could be could be wrong, but seeing Gaznier and that, and I was like, they're they're so big yeah massive eh? oh man um okay so i guess yeah take us back to a a young fella um you know was it always rugby league born in maitland new south wales yeah born in maitland and and grew up in greeter um Mm. hunter valley in in newcastle area and that everything's just rugby league there's no union afl Mm. um all through the schools and that everything's just footy 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 so i was a massive footy head and still am now yeah and so did you, like, from a young age, were you playing footy, like, five, six? Yeah, or? I think I was four when started playing under sixes, so. Wow, um, loved it. Yeah. How Australian. good. <laughs> um, were you always, like, a standout or you had to work your way up? No, I feel like I was just probably a normal player. Um, and I think when I, when I got suspended, um, when I was 16 or 15 or something, it's probably where I realised that talent can only take you so far and it's the old cliche. But I feel like that's when the hard work started and, I've just built from there. Okay, so um, you know, going to school and that, what was like you growing up for you? Did did you you know have a pretty normal upbringing or anything? Yeah, it was um, pretty normal, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, when you when you grow up, everything's kind of normal, you know, because yeah. it's just you like your life. Different. Yeah, but no, everything was sweet at home, and just a normal kid just loved his footy, and yep. um, 
Yeah, like I said, <coughs> everything was just footy, footy, footy. Mm. And was the Knights your team or was it the, the Storm because of Slater? No, nah, was, everything was Melbourne. Oh, really? Flags, everything, yeah. Holy. Um, I never really got in supporting the Knights. I obviously always wanted to play for them just because I was from there. And yeah. It'd be so cool to play for your hometown growing up. That's all like, you wanted to do was play for Newcastle. But mm. um, I was a massive Storm fan. All right. How did, so what, what chose the Storm? Like, how did that come about? I don't know. It was just... I just always watch footy and that, and I just love Billy Slater. And then mm. obviously GI was down there, and they had Falau, and um, yeah. Ever since I was a kid, I was just everything was about Melbourne. Because that would have been what, like two thousand and six, seven, eight, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think GI. they played. I was devastated. I think Brisbane beat them in the in the grand final. I remember going to bed and I was a devo. I was devo, mate. <laughs> I, I, yeah. So I was I was a part of the like the squad. Yeah. Like was in the top thirty. Uh, I was 18th man a few times that year, but obviously, uh, yeah, that, that was weird because, like, I was so young. I think I was, like, 18. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. 17, it just turned 18, maybe. That would have been hectic. And so I didn't appreciate what was happening at the time. I just thought, this is Brisbane Broncos. This is what we do. We win comps. first year, you're going straight in the grand final. Yeah, yeah. well, the, the squad was. Yeah. But I didn't – because I was so young and naive, so I didn't really feel a part of – I don't know. It's weird. Like we were there for like the week leading up, like holding the pads and doing, you know, what the yeah. top thirty does. Yeah. Um, and yeah, being like eighteenth man that year. But I, looking back now, I just didn't really appreciate what was happening. Yeah. And it was a mixture of because I hadn't really. And they would have come off the little era where the Bennett was taking over and yep. winning everything. Yep. So like they went what two thousand and like nineteen ninety nine. 2000, 2001, around that era, they like dominated, yeah. had a few quiet, like not quiet years, but didn't win comps. And so from our perspective, it was like, <clears throat> this is like, it's great that we're in, I remember that we had a meeting, I think it was the following year, or it might've been a bit later. And it was like, anything less than top four is a bad year for us. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which is like, I guess, you know, times have changed, but um, Anyway, back to you. We're not here to talk about my fucking career. <laughs> <laughs> People listening going, fucking shut up, Kempi. Um, okay, so, you know, I guess, was there a period growing up where it started to click for you and you started to make rep sides or you didn't even make rep sides in that? Always made rep sides as in like Maitland rep and um, stuff like that, but mm. I never made triple C through school or anything mm. like that. And um, when you don't make them sides as a kid, I think you think, Never gonna make it. You yeah. think like if you don't make her, I, I played Harold Matts and we won a comp there and um, played SG and that. But I know them other teams and that. If you don't make the Australian under 15s merit team and stuff like that, you think yeah, be no chance. But there's probably times where you go home and I still do it now. Like that, you've got to work harder and harder and harder. And sometimes you just got to pull yourself back and just relax a bit. Yeah, and I guess appreciate smell the roses. Yeah, you know? appreciate where you're at, kind yeah. of thing. In saying that, I guess the the lack of you know not relaxing has got you to where you are. You know, it keeps yeah. you on your toes, training really hard. Um, and you said you got suspended when you're 15 or 16. What happened there? Yeah, um, I failed a drug test and I was a year young SG ball. And what? Um, I think I did 14 months or something. They and say two years, but it, it wasn't <clears> two years. I only months. really missed my own age of SG ball. Yeah. And what would like what happened there? Like I got a supplement. Um, and just this little black bottle thing and then just as you as a kid you do and yep. um yeah it just had some band thing in it yeah some big long name and like what what did you think that the 
what you were taking? Did you think it was like beta alanine or? Well, at that age, you start getting into the gym, so yeah, yeah, you're doing everything to put on size. And I was only a skidding kid as well, so mm. um, obviously protein shakes and and everything like that. And you hear people say, make sure you check it and do all that stuff. But then you start thinking, well, if, if they're selling it, it's going to be sweet to buy, <coughs> especially at what 14 years old. Yeah, 15, 15, 15, turning 16. Yeah. So you're not. It's not like you're you're 15. Yeah, right? yeah. And then obviously people say. You went out and got on the juice and all that. Like, I didn't, you don't even know what that is when you're that age. <laughs> Mate, getting on the juice at 15 would be bad. Yeah. You don't need testosterone at 15. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's literally bursting out of you. Yeah. Um, so did you just assume, like, for example, like, you know, similar, like when I, you know, I was a bit later because I wasn't doing gym when I was playing soccer that much. But like when I was 17, 18, like I would go into the protein shops and I would buy like L-glutamine, uh, beta alanine, creatine. Yeah. Um, and if the guy said like, this is a good amino acid stuff, I'd say, yep, sweet, boom, give it to me. Was that how it came about for you or differently? It was a bit different. Like obviously I went into the shop and that, but um, it was my uncle that had it thingy and had like animal, had some weird name on the front of it. Mm. And I just, it was just a normal one that he got from a supplement store and then, yeah. And he just said, boom, have this, it's going to help you know, train hard or something. No, he, well, he used to be kind of into the gym and then just got fat and sloppy, <laughs> like old people do. But, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just said, what's this? And he just said, it's just a normal supplement. And yep. he got it from one of the stores. So as a kid, like, I didn't even, I went home and checked it on the, the SADA website. And I think they could see that I'd still had that in my history that I checked it. So, oh, okay. And so it just come up no match found. And I think now they've actually got, because you used to have to put every, ingredient into the website to actually mm. see if it's banned or not but i think now that they've got the thing it, it's obviously helping a lot of young athletes oh uh, okay so you so you did go and search yeah i went and searched it yeah and, and they, we're not talking about like it. needles and shit here we're talking about tablets yeah yeah okay wow that's crazy i didn't even didn't even know that yeah uh i guess it's a really good listen any kids listening like you know yeah 100 that's why i tell my younger brothers and that now like you don't even need to be taking protein and Shit like that. Yeah, when you're that age, yeah, like it's you. You may as well wait until you're starting to hit 17, 18, and get it done by a club. Yeah, or like make sure you go through the right. And process. now BSC strictly, everything's pretty much tested through them, so mm. it's so much easier. Yeah, and you're right. Like there are brands now that they they stake a claim on that. So yeah. if they if you could like let's say you bought something from a certain company that staked their claim, and then it was tainted, you could actually probably sue them. Yeah, because. They've said it's not. <laughs> they fucked you around. <laughs> yeah. Um, not to say that any company's done that at all, um, just in a hypothetical. Yeah. Um, wow, it's really interesting. I, I guess, were you rattled like as a kid or was it, what was it like? I was probably too young to realise what was actually going on. I remember the phone call and, and um, I was about to go into Newcastle to the beach, I think, and I still went and I was, it was in the back of my mind, but I didn't understand the consequences that were going to come from it mm. until um, they come up to home and, and I had a meeting and, and spoke, gave them my side of the story and um, it was a massive process. I think it went for like 12 months or something. Wow. Um, and then once I heard from that, I could play in two months. So it actually went pretty fast. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess when you're young, you just kind of... I was rattled, but because obviously as a kid, everything's about footy and everything's mm. about playing touch footy, school events and everything like that. And then all of a sudden... I couldn't go to them and your mates are going, getting on a bus yep. to go to Coffs Harbour and play footy or, or do that sort of stuff. And, and then I just had to stay at school because of the mistake that I made. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tough lesson to learn as a 15-year-old. Yeah, 100%. Um, 
especially again it was you know just a, a tainted supplement you were just naively kind of taking and you'd searched it before um wow it's, okay so i guess what do you remember your first game back then were you excited as anything yeah i think my first game back was with um raiders under 20s so um thankfully enough the how great, did that come about the raiders uh peter Mulholland, um that he put me on contract in newcastle mm. um there was a time there where i was just sitting in the classroom and i was like Fuck, how am i going to get back into a system now like yeah. my manager that i had at the time told me that i'd have to start again at newcastle and go play local league and he said that he didn't really want to manage me anymore so um i remember when i was a kid sam au reached out to me and then i reached back out to sam and said like this this and this has happened is there any chance i can get another crack in that and he said yeah mm. for sure mm. so he worked through it and organized a meeting with um pete mahullen and the time that i went down to meet sam sticky and pete were actually in the office signing junior paulo really to canberra so yeah um spoke to stick and pete there and um ended up getting a 20s gig and then went from there far out and as bad as it all sounds like i probably wouldn't change anything from from my perspective but mm. i wouldn't wish it to happen to anyone else because it's not a good feeling that but i feel like it sort of created who i am now and, mm. and i learned so much from it yeah oh absolutely it's a as i said it's it's a tough lesson to learn but at the same time you find a lot out of yourself and you also you realize what you do and don't appreciate yeah 100 percent. um and you know it's obviously work for you down in canberra so did you have to move down you obviously had to move down to canberra yeah i remember i moved down well because i didn't know because the suspension finished in october i think it was um actually the suspension finished in february but i was allowed to train in october mm. so i was waiting for that to happen and then um i think it was like january and pete still hadn't rang to say to move down and i was starting to think like am i going down or oh, not wow but lucky enough he called and i moved down i think he had about 700 bucks in my <laughs> bank and um <laughs> stayed at the ais down there it was like this little i don't know if you've stayed in one of them it's just like a little bedroom thing you got the kitchen in the same room toilet yep. in the same room like a little dorm kind of yeah yeah stayed there for two weeks and then uh luckily enough one of the staff uh dean Suda, took me in until kind of found my feet to move out wow and so you eight, 17 18 this 18 stage? yeah 18. um and so what about the so the, the thing happened when you're 15 to 16 around that age and so was there a period where you like where you could have played but you just didn't you just weren't playing any footy, if you know what I mean? Because at 18 years old, there would have been at least, what, six six to 12 months where you could have played? Well, there was that off-season. Yeah, okay. Where, where I could train, but I couldn't play. Ah, uh, okay. okay. I could say date it back to when you get tested. I think I was tested in May or something like that. Mm. And then, or it might have been a bit later. Yeah. So they actually date it back to when you tested. So then I was able to play, I think, in February or something. Mm. Yeah, wow. Okay. Um, and so you get down there and were you missing home or, or were you just yeah you loved there was it? times where um i was messaging mum saying like and then and that's just saying i don't want to i don't want to do it i'll go home and give nights a crack and that and yeah uh, that was so supportive to just hang in there and, and stay down there and see what comes of it mm. um and i think it was the best fit thing for me moving away from your mates that you grow up with and um everything's so comfortable at home and it was actually just stepping out of your comfort zone to mm. To be down there and i ended up loving it down there under 20s and um it was probably some of the best times just because you're young and get to do whatever you want really Mate, you're just free and you just you, you don't you just think it's gonna last forever like yeah, there's no 100%. you're not thinking about anything you just think it's, this is gonna last forever i'm young enjoying it yeah uh okay so did you hit the ground running or did it take a while to just find your groove a bit well i trained i trained really hard before i went down there with um 
a fella called Josh Day. He runs water for Newcastle women's team now. <coughs> um, and he was massive for me. I was still getting up at 5 a.m. most mornings. Pot would get me out of bed to train. And mm. um, I went down to Canberra, probably the fittest I've ever been. Wow. Um, and I feel like, yeah, I did. Obviously, when I started playing, it took me a little bit to to get used to playing footy and that mm. again. But um, I feel like the way I trained and prepared to go down there mm. definitely helped me. And do you remember your first game back? Yeah, it was against West Tigers at GO. Yeah, how'd you that. go? Well, I didn't think I was going to play. Um, Brett White, he was the coach at the time. And that week I had a session with uh, Woden Valley Rams. I thought I was just going to make my way through local league and then yeah. um, get a few games in, in 20s. But um, thankfully enough, Whitey took me under his wing and um, gave me a start. And I think I played nearly every game that year. Wow. Do you remember anything from the first game at all? No, nah, not really. I remember <coughs> I, I played lock and I started and there was about two minutes into the game. And, I was, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and because before I moved down there, I'd never played in the forwards. I, mm. I was always in the halves at Newcastle and that. So oh, That's crazy to think <laughs> you're a half, bro. That is mental. Um, it's, it's bizarre how like, you know, I speak about it with all the boys, but you can have their biggest preseason in your life and just you can be doing fitness drills and just smashing it. You get out in a footy field, boom, gone. Yeah. It's crazy. It's every year. Every every year. Every <laughs> no year. No matter how running fit you are, the game's just yeah next level. And even if you do like crazy wrestling sessions or whatever, it's just yeah. It, 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 and it, then through the year, you feel better, and you don't. You're not even doing much running through yeah, the week. Exactly. But then through exactly. The games, you feel way fitter. And I feel like as well, like throughout the year, you don't you don't appreciate how fit you've become. Yeah. Because like you think, oh yeah, this is how it's always going to be until the next year rolls around and you're like, oh shit, like this is <laughs> fucking hard. You have one week off and you feel like you lost everything. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, also, you're of um, Ukrainian descent. Uh, I guess like obviously a really bad time at the moment for Ukraine. Uh, do you have much contact with your Ukrainian side? Yeah, obviously terrible time, what's going on over there. Um, I still... I still pretty much live with Nan at home, so. Oh, okay. Um, and is she full Ukrainian? She's full Ukraine, yeah. Wow. Her and her sister, and um, was her, she come over with her mum and dad and stuff like that, and um, we still have great memories with her, Arnie and her mum and that. I didn't, mm. I don't think I met her dad just because she was so much um, older. Yeah, um, but I remember going around to her mum's house and that. They lived in Greta as well, and mm. as a kid, you don't really know what's going on because yeah. your Nan and. Um, Great grandparents are talking a whole other language. Mum mm. and that can speak it as well, and we're just like, "What the fuck's going yeah, on?" Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. What was the story of them coming over? Just a better life? Yeah, I think they were escaping one of the wars over there. Far out, um, and they were trying to get out, and um, yeah, thankfully enough, did, and and ended up in, I think all the convicts, or whatever, ended up in the Greta migrant camp, or I think there was one in Bathurst as well. Mm. So that's how we ended up being from Greta because so they, a, they went to a migrant camp. That, yeah, went to the migrant camp out at Greta. Well, so what does that involve? Like, is it just it's just like a, a place set up for immigrants yeah. to come and yeah, stay or whatever? Yeah, a place set up. It was actually pretty cool. The photos and that. And then has got and um, then used to do talks and that for our school um, because we learn a bit about the migrant camp. So mm. I didn't even know they existed, which yeah. is. You know, it's pretty hectic. Yeah, it's like as an Aussie, I should know that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a failure of our system that we've got migrant camps in our country that we're not even aware of, yeah. and there'd be people struggling in these camps that yeah. you know we could try to help as as a country. Um, and they're fleeing, you know, war. It's not like they're just fucking cruising in. Yeah. Um, did she did she ever speak about you know her upbringing at all or not really? We we ask her all the time and that um, what happened and 
she's a proud Aussie now. Like she loves everything about Australia, and mm. um, she doesn't even have an accent really. But wow, she used to say how how hard it was when she first started school, not being able to speak pretty much no English. Yeah, um, and obviously back then, like she was being called Walgood and mm. every other name, and um, yep. she said that the the people at the time weren't very good to them because I think there was a few of them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um. Oh, man, it's just—it feels like you know wherever you, wherever migrants go, you know there's always going to be the the people that are from the place that they arrive at have some animosity because yeah. they're the other. Yeah. But now, obviously, she loves it and she's accepted. I, I hope she's accepted. Obviously. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's you know what's crazy is like you know how we like when someone that speaks a different language speak English yeah. and we and we laugh because they might mix words up <laughs> or they, you know, it's just, it's a bit of fun. But when you think about it, you're like, bro, they can speak two languages. You can speak one. one yeah. You're the idiot. <laughs> like, why are we laughing? You, they can speak two languages. I don't understand how they do it. <laughs> um, no, that's incredible. I, I imagine she, you know, what I mean, what an incredible woman to flee a war-torn country and then obviously be a part of your your journey and where you've gone it's just amazing i'm sure she sits back and goes like i can't believe you know my grandson is yeah they're definitely really proud um obviously growing up with nan and pop as well like they were always first to put their hand up and take me wherever and mm. um they still come down and watch games in canberra that's so good um they don't like going to sydney much just because of the traffic and yeah bit much pop freaks out in the lanes and <laughs> much, <I> mean. <laughs> um Okay, so you get down in and you play all year in that first 20s. Did the club approach you at all in the sense of, you know how you can kind of begin to get a feel like they've got a bit of an eye on you? It was probably my second year of 20s mm. um, when I was able to go up and just train one day a week with first grade. Uh, and then I was talking to Stick about uh, possibly getting a rookie deal. Mm. Um, and then uh, he promoted me to the top 30 in 2019. Yeah, wow. What was that? Do you remember the conversation or how it kind of came about? Yeah, I remember going up in his in his office and just um, because I was doing one day a week, I just asked him where he where he sees me transitioning into first grade and stuff like that. And he just said that um, that there's a top thirty spot available and that he's going to give it to me. And wow, I was shocked at the time. Really? Because yeah. yeah, when you're young, you just feel like so grateful to even be in the kit. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Now I have to ask you this because we always we've got a we got a love, mainly love relationship with Rick, Ricky on the, the podcast. We obviously make jokes about the fact that he loves a blow up. We love that he loves a blow up. Yeah. But what's he like, you know, person to person? I don't think he's anything like what he comes across in the media. <coughs> yeah. Um, obviously, he's got his charity and, and stuff like that. So he's such a caring person. He cares for his players. And mm. um, I think that probably gets the better of him sometimes, the emotion, because of how much he loves his his players and um, cares for them. And um, he's he's never done a thing wrong to me and um mm. yeah for, forever grateful for everything sticks done for me obviously with my suspensions and stuff like that he's stuck by me mate i uh i think he's such a good character of the game like obviously you know we all make mistakes and whatever like he's passionate and yeah. you know all that all that out of the way i think he's such a good character for the game such a good character and i you know what i actually really vividly remembering him absolutely having your back publicly yeah. with all the you know the suspensions that you went through yeah, I think that's the thing with Stick. If, if you do good by him, and it's probably a thing at the club that if you do good by the club, it it does good by you. And mm. um, Stick's always lived by that. And um, there's probably people out there that don't like him because of how honest and, and brutal he is. But at mm. the end of the day, it's only good for you. Yeah. Um, 
But I like it as well. I like when he gets in the media and Mate, I love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. I love it. It's what we need, man. It's yeah. rugby league, baby. I uh, feel like sometimes everything's just so straight up and down. And when he when he says something out of the ordinary, everyone blows up. About yeah, it, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, like again, you know, there's certain like obviously there's been mistakes, but ninety percent of the time, I think it's I, I like it. I enjoy it. Um, and also, like you have to remember. Ricky Stewart has earned the right to say whatever the f- whatever he wants. Yeah. Like, not only has he done all the stuff that he does off the field, what he did on the field was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I was too young to see any of that. <laughs> Dad and that say that he was a freak. Mate. And, like, you know, he was – I, I was – I didn't watch it at the time, but when you go back and look at clips and that, like, he was an aggressive, yeah. aggressive half. That trial that he set up in – I think it was in the World Cup in England. Mm. When incredible. When Mal scored, that was hectic. Mate. And like the people that he was playing with, like Mal Meninga and that, like hurry yeah. oh, out. Um, okay, so he tells you that you're you're going to be in the top thirty next year. Is this two thousand and eighteen? Eighteen, yeah, for nineteen. So, do you remember your first preseason? Yeah, <laughs> it was probably the hottest. The boys say it was probably the hottest season preseason they've had in in Canberra. Yep. And I remember I trained real hard in the off season of twenty eighteen as well because obviously your first preseason with NRL you want to impress. <coughs> yep. Um, <coughs> And fuck, it was hard. Yeah. It was hot. And, and then you go home and you think, fuck, how do people do this every day? Yeah. Well, then you, you eventually get used to it and your body gets conditioned to it. And mm. um, yeah, I just remember the first first few weeks in, in preseason, I was just hanging on. Mate. <laughs> and you're going like, surely we're not going to have a big day tomorrow. Like, and then you just see Big Papa and that. They're 120 kilo and they're just cruising around. Getting, getting through it. <laughs> So the thing that I like, I think I did about eight pre-seasons, I yeah. think. So like not nowhere near as much as, you know, Big Papa on that. But the thing that I learned probably halfway through is you've just got to accept your fate. Yeah. Life's going to be shit for three months. <laughs> That's it. Boom. Yeah. And then uh, that usually helped me through it because I was just like, like whenever we have you, did you just do army camps? You, you just do, yeah, do, army, we do camps. army camps. Yeah, it got cancelled this year because um, there was a COVID breakout. So. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, okay. So 2000 and this is 2018. And you debuted 2019. 19, yeah. So uh, during the 2018 season when you're with the first grade squad, were you 18th man at all? Were you close or not? Nah, because really? I was only coming up and doing the big day on Wednesdays. Mm. So I was playing at the time, um, NYC had finished in 17. So then we played under Mounties in 2018. Um, so I was just playing 20s and then training on the Wednesday mm. with first grade. And when you come in, you think it's the best thing in the world. Yeah, I know. You're loving <laughs> it. Um, is there anyone, when you did come in, that you were sitting there going, wow, that's X player or X player, you know, you get a bit starstruck one. Probably, I don't think it was probably any X players, probably players that I play with now mm. that you sort of pinch yourself like Soliola and, oh, yeah. and stuff like that were in the team. And um, he actually had a massive blow up in one of the um, sessions and I was just like, Oh really? Like <laughs> he's such a nice dude. You wouldn't expect him to yep. to blow up. And one one session, he just lost his marbles and went off. And everyone was like, "What?" Well, as in, oh, like, shit. because people were dropping balls. Yeah, or? I think it might have been even raining or something. Mm. And so he just pulled everyone together and just sprayed everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, he's the big dog. He's the big dog. Uh, okay, so that year goes by, and how did you were you playing New South Wales Cup? You said twenties. Uh, twenties. Yeah. Okay, so the end of two thousand eighteen season. That then. The two, end of 2018 going into 2019, that was your first full preseason. Yeah, then. yeah. And so during that preseason, were you getting a feel of like, oh, I actually might get a debut this year? Yeah, I had a really big preseason, and um, Whitey and Cappy put a lot of time into me um, because I think there might have been a World Cup 
Well, there was something where there was no international players there at the time. Yep. So uh, Joey Taps and stuff like that, they weren't there. So I ended up training with first grade because, you know, they split the teams yep. during pre-season. And I ended up training with first grade. So um, it was towards the trial games and that, um, I got named to have a trial game. So then I was starting to think like, fuck, like I might actually get a go this year. Mm. Um, and especially being on the top 30, um, I thought that, eventually get a crack but i didn't think it'd come as soon as it did yeah okay so then obviously throughout the year you you obviously do make your debut that year um it's against it's in round three so how did you go round one and two did you play really well i played yeah i played really well in um new south wales cup and then um joey taps broke his finger mm. against melbourne in canberra um and then i think we played newtown before it and you and I spoke to Stick before, and he said that there's a chance you could play next week. And did you go hard? Just how far I'm yeah. going skits now? I'm going skits. Yeah. Um, okay. So, how, do you remember how you got the call up or the conversation? Because Taps, uh, he wasn't sure if he was going to play or not. Mm. So uh, I think it was like the Wednesday or something. Um, Stick said that he's not going to play me. He's going to. I think it was Nami or or someone like that. Mm. He's just going to put up and uh, push someone else out to the edge. I think it was and. Um, that was at the start of the session he said that and then um when we're walking off the field stick said no i've changed my mind you're playing oh no way and i was like oh. <laughs> so i mean I, I i'm just guessing here do you think he was testing to see if you'd suck yeah i don't know i don't know what it was it, it could have been that because we had a session during that time yeah and then um because it sounds to me like he was sitting where you drop your fucking bundle and yeah because i come in, i come in that before that session going like he could tell me today that I'm playing. Yeah. And yeah. Then when he said, yeah, you're not playing, he's going to go with this and that. I was just like, yeah, sweet. And then... And then you... Did you train well? Like, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I trained pretty well, just normal. And yeah. um, because I was so young, I'd only played two reserve grade games. Mm. I didn't expect to to get a game that early. So I sort of just brushed it and said, oh, we'll come again later in the yeah. year. But yeah. Yeah. When he told me when I was walking off, I was stoked. Fuck. Because then the good thing about that as well is you're not expecting it at all. Yeah. You're like, you got <laughs> just got told you're not playing. Yeah. Okay. So the the week, the build up, what was the phone call like to your nan and, and your pop on that? I think they started crying, but yeah, they're obviously really emotional because of everything that I had to um, go through to get there. And mm. um, I think I ran nan and pop first and then mum and dad and then messaged my brothers <clears> and, and stuff like that. And um, yeah, they were all proud. And I mean, you're right. You like had to do go through quite a lot. I guess you know, looking back, you know, getting the suspension and all that kind of stuff, and then being able to make your debut. Did you think about that all leading up of like what you had gone through, or you just caught in the moment, focused? Yeah, I think I was probably just because I accepted that what I did was wrong and and the mistake I made. I think it was easy for me to move on rather yeah. than rather than sit there and say, "Poor me, I didn't didn't know what I was doing and, and mm. stuff like that," mm. which was the case. But I feel like once you own it and move on it's so much easier and, and I kind of just forgot about it when I went to Canberra because I got out of that bubble of Newcastle no yeah. one really even knew down what, in Canberra what had gone on and, mm. and stuff like that and um, I remember on the we had an army camp that pre-season leading into 2019 and, and I told everyone then um, what had happened and, and how I ended up in Canberra so mm. um, yeah wow okay so the army camp do you do you remember your first army camp do you yeah. remember the details I remember getting there and I, and I looked at uh one of the fellows that was running i looked at his shoes and then he just started blowing up going what are you looking at mate and i was like oh the shoes? as in the one of the sergeants yeah. or whatever yeah had to get there as soon as we got there tipped all our bags out 
Uh, I had to empty him in that and then he's just like packing back up. Had to go build our own tent <coughs> and we weren't even allowed to sleep in it. Started pissing down rain. Mate, I thought it was the longest <laughs> night ever. Oh, so it's just one night? <laughs> Two nights. Two nights. Oh, and they just, they're, tr they're genuinely trying to fuck with your mind. Yeah, as soon as you fall asleep, blow a thing, had to get up, go up the oval. When we got up the oval, all the sprinklers were on. Yep. Yeah, torture. They, uh, did they do things like put people on watch, and if anyone fell asleep on the watch, everyone had to get towed up? We had to carry a brick, so if anyone dropped the brick or put down a brick or left the brick, it was like fifty burpees or something. Oh. You know what BJ Lalu was like? Oh, the big fella. <laughs> hey? He ended up doing five hundred. I think oh, BJ was mean. No. <laughs> I think uh, the good thing about the army camp, so you, it really opens your eyes up to how much you can get through. Yeah. 100%. Because, like, if someone said that, oh, you're going to do this, you'd be like, no, nah, there's no way. Like, yeah. I'm, I'll be too tired or whatever. Yeah. And then you do it and you're like, wow. I feel like it helps you as well, for obviously, in the games, and, but it also helps you for the next preseason that as well because of what you've went through mm. the preseason before. I feel like it conditions you and probably build, builds a bit more mental toughness in, in that aspect. And, and you also get to find out about blokes as well. Like yeah, 100%. Whether they're there. And you'd be surprised. They're happy just to be there. Exactly. You'd be surprised. At certain blokes that don't handle it very well, yeah, and certain blokes that you thought were a hundred percent going to crack the first day, yeah, go mad. And you build good relationships with people as well because, mm. um, obviously, in the start of preseason, some boys don't know each other and, and stuff like. That, but by the end of it, you're all best mates, mate. Especially like there's two things that bring the boys together: army camp and beers. Beers, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so if you can do an army camp into beers, boom, best ever, best ever. <laughs> um, even though you'd be fucking blind of one. Yeah. After an army camp, you'd be so dehydrated, it'd be rattled. Obviously, drink responsibly. Um, okay, so you get you get the call up to play your debut, and it's against the Knights. Yeah, did, it's like it was meant to be, mate. <laughs> what is going on? Did that play any significance to you, or not really? You'd moved on from living there, or no? It it kind of meant something to me that okay. obviously um, they sort of let me go in Newcastle, so I wanted to to try and play well and um, I feel like it was just meant to be making your debut against Newcastle like mm. there's 16 other clubs or 15 other clubs you could have played against and because I played against Newcastle I feel like it was pretty hey, cool written it yeah. was written baby <laughs> okay so you rock up to your debut um, was it at home or in Canberra yeah in Canberra do you remember walking into the sheds or what do you remember from the day I remember waking up and I wasn't nervous at all and then um, on the way to the game I felt good and then once I got out of the car to walk in to the thing obviously the crowd are there and, and stuff like that and I started to get real nervous and um, Josh Hodgson he's probably the best leader I've been around and mm. um, he just grabbed me before the thing and just said mate you're here for a reason and um, we've all got your back and it's just another game of footy and mm. after that I just <coughs> I felt really good after that. Mm. And so did you start on the bench or did you start? Yeah, I started on the bench. I think I come on with 21 to go. Mm. And what do you remember from coming on? <laughs> Another two minutes, mate. I was, <laughs> I was getting back cramps and everything. Oh, really? Yeah. Far out. Because you're so tense sitting there on the bench. 100%. Because it's your first game. You don't. And I've never come off the bench either. So mm. um, I feel like there's like an art to coming off the bench. 100%. And, um, yeah. Just staying relaxed. And obviously I learned that throughout the year, but... Mm. My first game, I think I spent all my energy running up and down the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh Miller, I think, um, he used to, I think like Josh Miller, for, he used yeah, to play for the Raiders. Yeah. He used to like do the hit up, like with the forward, I'm pretty sure, back yeah, in the day, which is tapped. fucking hilarious. <laughs> he's, mate, he's one of the toughest blokes I've ever met, legend too. Okay, um, 
do you remember anything specifically from the game that happened or was there any game early on in your career that you re- remembered going wow this is a time where i've made a mark or no i sort of um i think running out with the viking club was probably mm. the coolest thing of the debut because until you actually been there and experience it it gives you goosebumps especially running out and i remember seeing it years before going fuck that'd be cool and then when yeah. i signed with canberra i was like that's what i want to do and um <coughs> Yeah, well, I stayed in first grade, I think, for the next three weeks. And then mm. Ricky had me in big red, and that's kind of on a rotation. So then I uh, went back and played a game of cup and then come back into first grade. And I kind of made it a thing that I'm not going to go back to cup and I want to stay in first grade. Yeah. And so this is also the same years you, you guys go on a um, massive run. Yeah. Um, but in, is it round 25, you get um, suspended? Um, round 13 I think the first one was So yeah round 13 is the first one And I guess that's the like That's the kind of one where you go You know silly mistake Happens You got what how many weeks you get three or four? Five Five weeks Yeah um, Okay well tell us about the, the first incident that happened I guess Yeah just, just walk us through the incident Yeah obviously I think I think the eye gouges come from The way that I was probably preparing for games And Obviously, being in the country, kind of growing up, footy was always the roughest sport, and you could do what you want when you ended on the footy field, and that's the way that we played it. Yep. Um, and I, I was probably doing it at training, not eye gouges or anything like that, because you never mean to hurt anyone, and mm. um, that's definitely not the person I am or or anything like that. And um, but I like stirring blokes up and <laughs> giving facials and, and yep. stuff like that. And um, I feel like that's probably the trap that I fell into at training. When you get to push, push and shove, you know how it is at training and that. Um, and then my reaction was probably to get him back in the next tackle. And um, I feel like I probably fell into a bit of a habit of doing that at training. And um, and then obviously in the game against Aiden Tolman, I never intentionally tried to eye gouge him or anything like that. I remember mm. just squeezing his head and then my thumb just went in his eye. Mm. And um, yeah, ended up getting five weeks from that. And I remember ringing stick after and saying, um, are we going to fight it or anything like that? And then he just went off and hung up the phone. And the next session I went in, just said, can we chat about what's happened and that? And he said, yep. what the fuck would I have to talk to you about? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> tough love, yeah. tough love. Um, so I guess your your idea was, I'm going to be a little bit grubby here. I'm going to fucking give him a, a strong facial. Yeah. And well, I remember I didn't actually try and give him a facial. I remember squeezing each side of his, okay. of his head and then yep. my thumb just slipped yep. off and, and went into his face, yeah. So you were just trying to rough him up yeah. pretty much and it just went way too far. Yeah. Um, okay, so that first one happens. Did you have to deal with a lot of the social media or, you know, not really? You just blocked yourself out from it? It was hard a little bit at the start, but the second one was definitely worse. Yeah, because that's what I was going to get to. The first one is like young, rush of blood, fucking, yeah. it, it can happen. It's not the best, obviously. It's not good at all, but it can, it can happen. So obviously the second one happens. How did, like, you know, what, what happened there? Yeah, it probably goes back to what I just said before. Um, I feel like I probably didn't own that mistake and, and I was probably thinking like I didn't do it because mm. like, I didn't mean to do it mm. I was probably in the in the sense that I didn't do it and you you feel sorry for yourself and, and mm. then you start thinking like I didn't deserve five weeks I shouldn't have even got suspended for it and so you don't actually look at the, the mistakes that you were making and, and the way that things were happening and, and um, I felt like the second one I actually looked into to why it's happened and um, and that's what I come up with that the way that I was training and the way that I was preparing is, is why I was making them mistakes. Mm. And so did you, is it a case of 
you you like to be aggressive you like to be in players faces but you just hadn't trained it properly and honed it properly to play nrl yeah uh obviously there's 500 cameras in the nrl so mm. um i probably didn't realize how how far i was probably taking it mm. um like you said i like being aggressive and, and i like pushing the boundaries and i feel like that's the balance that i've kind of mastered at the moment of mm. of being aggressive and, and in people's faces but not overstepping the line yeah yeah it's it's a tough one because like you know people don't like to admit it but forward packs are trying to dominate other forward packs yeah. intimidate before the game you're not running out going all right guys like let's just make sure we're the best quality team you're talking about boys fuck those you know let's yeah. get in front but you know what i mean that's what <laughs> yeah, it is but 100%. people i don't think that a lot of the media like i don't see not the media sorry i don't think a lot of the public understand how aggressive like you see it on it's like boxing you see boxing on tv and you're like yeah it's hectic it's not yeah. until you go to a fight where you go holy shit they yeah. are hitting them with you know bombs or whatever and it's kind of like footy to a degree and every forward pack <coughs> talks about it that um you don't want to be owned by the other four no pack, way you know? um it's kind of a thing where each forward pack goes into each contest and you kind of rate yourself after the game of how you went against that forward pack i yep. guess so the second the second one happens and as soon as it happens what's the fallout internally for you well the second the second time i actually it wasn't put on report and i actually didn't even know that anything had happened really okay until the second <coughs> half and i looked at the big screen and they were replaying it okay and then i remember look at i was playing next to jack white and he looked at me and said you're a dickhead <laughs> <laughs> you're and a then dickhead. I, I still didn't know that i'd done anything wrong until mm. after the game mm. um i checked my phone and oh, well, <laughs> far out was it just like like 50 messages and shit like just message after message and then requests and <coughs> people tagging me and shit and spraying me fucking hell what was that like to deal with it was probably hard at the time um because people were saying stuff about your mum and, and they're going to come kill you and your mum and fucking <laughs> and, hell and do everything like that and um that's disgusting like, and it's still that's disgusting yeah it was it was tough at the time and i was living with sutter ryan sutter at mm. the time and, and he was replying back to people spraying him and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah but probably deserved it in a way well yeah but i mean not, not not to the extent of where people <coughs> yeah target your family or anything i don't give a sh people say what they want about me but when yeah. they bring your family and that into it it's where it crosses the line yeah i agree like that's disgusting like absolutely disgraceful and i, I personally feel if you ever get caught saying things like that specifically you yeah. should never be allowed to come to any game ever again yeah you should be completely ostracized from the nrl community it's very different to me messaging you go and you're a fuck with hello fucking yeah. dog rah, rah, like it's like it's still stupid yeah. but at the same time all right whatever bro yeah um and i guess so internally is this when you start to realize you know what I've, I've really messed up here i've really messed up yeah well that's where stick um was massive mm. for me because he could have just pushed me to the side and said see you later go find somewhere else um but he said that he's going to stand by me and uh support me and uh, there was actually a psychiatrist that works with us um around leadership and stuff like that chris horsley and um looked into to why things were happening rather than just brushing it aside yeah okay and, it's um, interesting yeah yeah and it was probably like i said before i probably wasn't owning what i'd done mm. um probably still thinking like fuck, i'm missing out on the grand final and doing this so i spent that off season working on why things are happening and um come up with a thing the red and uh, you probably heard of it the red head and the blue head and redhead's probably where you where you lose your concentration and stuff like that and you just 
in the zone that you're just going to kill someone rather yeah. than know what's going on. So um, the more I could work around being in the blue head, mm. the better it is for my, my game. So he gave you tools to basically channel the, the aggression in the correct manner. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, it, it's it's really smart because like I think you know you could have just. You could have easily just gone, oh, you know what, stuff up. I'll be back next year. I'll work it out. But to actually yeah. take the steps. So I guess looking back on it now, is it something where you own that you did the wrong thing? Yeah. And you're going to be better from, from yeah. there on in. And I feel like that's with, with anything in life now that the faster you own it and just accept what's happened rather than feel sorry for yourself, mm. the chances of it happening again is so much less. Yeah. Um, so walk us through, you know, you're going on that run. Are you super conflicted when you're like you're a part of the Raiders squad? You probably would have been in the the grand final team. Yeah, is it internally really tough? Internally, I thought like we we're going to win win the comp, and a party is so excited for the boys because you love everyone there. But then mm. a party is like fuck, I don't want to miss out playing on the grand final. But once you actually get to grand final day, that feeling just went away, and everything was just like we better win today yeah okay so <laughs> you get to grand final and it's like okay i might not be out there on the field but i'm a part of this yeah two kind of thing yeah. and i want the boys to well, win. i prepared all week i think i was being boyd cordner all week so oh, I was really training against yeah against the boys and that so um yeah i just trained like i wasn't playing and just ripped in and mm. um yeah but when when you get to grand final day everything everything changed yeah and so that week training as Boyd Corner, what was like, you know, were there certain things that you were told to do to to emulate him? Well, he just runs that hard unders line. Crazy hard unders line. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's probably just what I was doing. I think I was up against C's, Hayden Caesar, so I was just running hard under line. <laughs> yeah, mate. Ripping that inside shoulder right off. Um, so the lead up to the, to the grand final, like what was the perspective, perspective, sorry, um, from yourself, like outside looking in, did you really feel going into that that you're going to win? You're really confident with the boys. Yeah, well, obviously, I think they knocked <coughs> off Melbourne in Melbourne and then beat the Bunnies to get into the grand final. And um, it was probably a little bit of a feeling that we had this year that we can't be beaten. Yeah. And then um, going into the grand final when the boys were up, I thought, well, I think it was eight all at the time. I thought, and Cooper had just been sent off mm. for 10. And um, I remember looking at Starlow and saying, like, we're about to win a fucking comp. Oh, really? <laughs> Far out. Because you, you dominate, like, the thing that won it for the Roosters was their defence on their line. Yeah. Like, if you just somehow would have broken them, I reckon, like, one try, one I reckon try, you, yeah. you run away with it. Especially when they had 12 out there. <clears throat> um, and I guess what was it like on the sideline? Were you aware of the controversy that had happened with the six again? Or not really? You didn't really notice it? At the time, I... I remember saying like we, we should have got the ball back mm. but it, you don't realise how big of a turning point it was when Tedesco scores the next set mm. that's, that's the match winner yeah far out and I guess what's the feeling on the sideline I, you still, I still felt confident because I thought we were on top mm. um, I thought we were on top most of that second half and um, it was probably a turning point as well when, when Jake Friend come on in the second half and um, he just started turning and kicking yeah. to the thing and another player I thought if Brett Morris didn't play, I don't think Roosters win either. Yeah, he was really good defence. So he's just put it on a string in that corner and he'd come up with the ball every time. And even on the defensive part of it, I think he'd come up with a knockdown and yeah, he was massive. Mate, Beemore's one of the best wingers ever, seriously. Um, okay, so whistle goes. What is what is it like in the change room? What's, what's Stick say to the boys? I remember because I was so invested during... <coughs> 
in the lead up to the grand final, like I said, um, I remember I, I started having a cry, and um, when I seen Jared Croker break down, it, it broke me. And um, straight away, um, I remember standing next to to Johnny Bateman. He kind of took me under his wing that year as well, and um, he made me stand there next to him and, and watch Roosters lift the trophy. And he said, "We'll get him next year." Mm. Far out. So big, Johnny. He knew to, yeah. to get you on the field and feeling that pain. Yeah, and. So you go back into the sheds and what did Stick say to the boys? Was he just like proud or? Yeah, I think he, he was obviously so proud of the efforts from the whole year and he just spoke about um, the lead up and, and stuff that we prepared well and it just wasn't wasn't to be at the time and, and just use it as fire for next year. Okay, so that off season um, obviously, you know, ends. 2020 rolls around and did you just have a huge off-season pre-season where you go, I'm just going to... Did you almost feel like you want to repay the boys or not it really? It was probably the hardest pre-season I've done because I still had five games oh, to go into it. Yeah, yeah, wow. It. wow. When all the boys were preparing for round one, um, I still had another five weeks to go. So um, it was probably the, the toughest pre-season I've had to do just mentally. Um, mm. And I feel like it's made me a lot mentally tougher now because I was kind of training for the sake of training at one point when mm. you come back November 1 mm. and then you don't play till June or something. So and you'd be looking at what? It's like a, f almost like a five month pre-season. It ended up being longer because COVID hit. Oh, delayed the season. It delayed the season. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't think I ended up playing till like July or something. So Holy. it was only 12 months. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, I guess you would have really it would have really shown you that this can be just taken away from you. Yeah, right. 100%. And I probably didn't realise at the time how big of a uh, deal and, and issue it was. Obviously, being young and, and your first year in the first grade, they make a grand final and you think that this is going to happen every year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I probably didn't realise how, how big of an issue it was. And, um, yeah, it wasn't until probably now I sit back and, and realise that you take every game for granted and mm. probably wasn't taking it for granted at the time. Okay, so 2020, um, you you play 18 games, um, including all three of the club's finals games, made it all the way to the prelim, and then you get beaten by uh, Melbourne Storm. Yeah. What was that like? Yeah, it was shattering because um, I felt like we, we were building really good that year. Um, obviously, Melbourne went on to win it. Um, I feel like that. And Georgie Williams just arrived, didn't he? Georgie played, yeah. Yep. Um, he was carving up, so uh, we were real confident going into that game. I think mm. I was playing front row, so it was a bit of a change for me. But yep. um, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Uh, and so, yeah, you, obviously you lose that game. I guess, what was that feeling like? Because did you lose a bit of confidence as a squad, do you think? Because obviously the next year you come 10th. Like, what do you yeah. reckon happened there? Because, like, that was also the off-season where George Williams... Georgie Went left home. halfway through 21, yeah. 21, so the next year he yeah. left halfway through. John left at 20. He played 20 in the prelim. Yep, and then and he left, left in the yeah. off-season. Yeah. Um, I guess what was that like? Were you close to John? Yeah, yeah. He, he was probably my closest mate when we're in when he was in Canberra. Yep. Um, he took me under his wing when he came over <coughs> and um, he was always at my house and... Mm. I live with Starlow as well, so yeah. sometimes we didn't even know he's there and he's asleep in the front lounge. Like, what are you doing? Man? <laughs> <laughs> Go home, bro. Um, so I guess with um, you know with Johnny leaving, Johnny Bateman leaving, my understanding is is that, and and correct me if I'm wrong, 
because it was such a big turning point, I think, for the club. He was so important. Yeah. My understanding is he wanted a longer contract at the Raiders. They said, unfortunately, we just don't have the cap space to sort that out. Yeah. And so because the reason why he wanted a longer contract was because then he could move his kid out. Yeah. But when that didn't happen, he was like, well, you know what? Maybe I should just go back to be with my kid. Yeah. Is that on wrong, yeah, right? pretty accurate. I'm not sure about the money in, I don't know. He never went into the money side of things or anything <coughs> like that. But um, I think most partly, like most of him, the decision was because of his family. And yep. um, when you know John, he was so close with his with his mum and especially his daughter, Millie. And mm. um, he had a missus here at the time, but... Um, I remember him coming over to me and Stalo and sometimes like he'd just sit there and not say anything and you could tell that something was oh wow something was up with him and um he'd FaceTime his kid at the same time every day so you can understand the decision for him to to go back and, and be with his daughter because he was so close with her before he moved here and um I think he'd still probably same as George I think they'd still be in the NRL if it wasn't for COVID yeah wow because that's that's a big factor that people forget like you can't just fly him out yeah. you know when covid was around and that's and that's when he was at his happiest i think they come over twice mm. and he's close with his brother as well and um george didn't even get to fly his his mum and that over so and mm. his missus was heavily heavily pregnant at the time as well mm. and and she's over here she doesn't know anyone that george's nah, missus because nah. she's from england isn't yeah. she so that just them two come over and mm. i don't think that she she'd obviously left all her friends and family as well so it was hard for her mm. to move as well is it hard as a like a player or obviously i've i've been in squads too so i know sometimes how hard it is but it's been a while is it hard as a player when you see certain narratives being created in the media about your mates when you know there's much more to what's going on yeah you want to you want to have a say sometimes but sometimes it's best just yeah. to to let them have their say and because mm. it just adds to the that they want that and let people believe what they're going to believe but at the end of the day <laughs> also close as a club and we knew everything that was happening so mm. the stuff that was coming out in the media and stuff like that um didn't really affect us because we knew what was going on with john and, yep. and george and you, you all loved them as the boys and yeah yeah 100 um okay so john leaves 2021 rolls around oh i guess like walk us through the COVID situation was that tough easy for you as a young single guy what harder it was definitely easier for me being single mm. um it would have been harder for the boys with families and, and stuff like that, obviously not being able to leave the house, but I live with two of my, my good mates, so um, it's probably easier for me, but probably the, the unknown for me was probably the hardest part of when I'm going to get a game of footy. Yeah. Because I think when COVID hit, I still had two games to go. And I remember talking to Stick in that. I was like, surely the NRL can do something. Like, I've, I had an eight-week suspension. I've done 11 months. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Surely I can just brush them and then play when it resumes. But mm. um, yeah, and then when it resumed, I, I come back and um, my first game I was available. I played against Manly yeah. at Campbelltown, I think it was, with with no crowd. Do you remember the feeling of like finally being back? Yeah. It was probably similar to, to the other one. I said like, as soon as you get out there, you gas straight away because yeah. you haven't played for so long. Yeah. And then um, Sticky stuck by me again and, and just gave me the game time in first grade because yeah. I could have went back and played reserve grade and um but reserve grade wasn't a thing after covid so, yeah true um for him to put me straight back in and get game time straight away and mm. obviously lead up into the finals mm. i mean this is the loyal part of stick that a lot of people don't see stick's been massive like um and it's not only on the footy side of stuff as well he, he kind of teaches you stuff away from that as well just mm. to, to how to be a better person and um 
I feel like I'm a, the person I am today through the Canberra Raiders. Mm. Okay, so you, you have your, your first game back. Um, do you remember anything specifically from the game other than being gassed? No, not really. Um, <coughs> I actually hurt my knee training. I tripped over Whitey and Chip Cartledge. Oh, so no. um, I ended up, thankfully COVID actually hit in a way because I would have been out through my knee. So oh. um, I remember coming back and it, it was still sore as at the time. Mm. Like I could barely put any weight on it. And I remember just telling the stick, no, nah, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, as you do, as you do. Um, okay, so you, you, you come back and you, um, you know, 2021 rolls around. You guys come 10th. Yeah. And this is also, I'm pretty sure this is the year where there was, you know, there was a bit of tension internally. I know Ricky has come out and said that he sorted it out. You know, I think he took the senior players away earlier this year, maybe, or last yeah, year. Yeah, we went um, this year. It was this year. So, yeah. so last year, 2021, you come 10th. You know, what was the tension? And was it, yeah, what, what was the tension? But I don't know if it was like so much tension. Like it was the fact that George had left. Obviously, Stick wasn't happy because he's, Playmakers just left, mm. um, and then we had uh, obviously moving up to the COVID thing, and things weren't going right. We weren't winning at the start of the year. We're going through the that rough patch, and then um, Hodjo stood down as captain. Um, so we had a new captain last year, being Elliot, and um, yeah, I wouldn't say there was so much tension. It was probably just a little bit of disconnection of the playing group and, yep. and the staff, and. Um, I feel like Stick did a massive thing this year by taking us leaders and sitting down and, and speaking, and it's probably paid off in the long run. Yeah. Okay. So, so 2021, when you do finish tenth, what's the feeling internally like? Is fucking filthy? Is your it was, it was probably a different feeling for this year. Like I said at the start, that I didn't feel like the season was going to end this when it did. Mm. Um, where last year things weren't going right. We're living away in a hub. Some people didn't have their families there. Um, so everyone probably wasn't 100, 110% invested in the season because there was so much going on outside. Um, obviously, people want to be with their wives and kids. And yeah, um, yeah it's probably that's probably the biggest thing. There was probably that, probably weren't the 110% buying. Um, yeah. And then when you finished 10th, it was probably like, thank fuck the season's over rather yeah, just, than. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes like, everything that happened, yeah. it was a long year and. Um, I know every year you want to make a grand final and stuff, but last year just wasn't happening. Mate, sometimes those years just happen, eh? Yeah. You just, and everyone's like, we just need to fucking go back and regroup. Yeah. Um, okay, so 2022 rolls around. And as you said, there's still not tension, but at the start of the year, like I know you were missing obviously your half. Yeah. But um, it, there's still a little bit of a disconnect. There's just a feeling that something needs to change. So were you part of the senior playing group that went away with Yeah, I was stick? a part of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was obviously a bit of a bonding thing. Like you said, the beers make you closer. And, 100%. Uh, Works we every had, time. We had a good chat um, before before we had a feed and, and a few beers and um, just had a chat what went right, what went wrong and, and how we're going to improve. And I feel like that chat helped us massively. Um, like you said, things weren't going right at the start of the year, but how close our leadership group was and, and how close we were to the coaches' staff um, their feedback and our feedback for them, it feels like that's what got us out of it. Yeah, it's uh, like I, I've spoken about it quite a bit on our, our Monday review that like I really feel and like this is not to be patronising at all like cause Ricky Stewart is a fucking legend of the game but I really feel he's like improved as a coach um, and I feel like Ricky maybe 
five to five years ago or so, maybe he would have been a bit more staunch and said, nah, you better come around to my way. Yeah. And I feel like he's gone improved so much as a coach to be able to go, you know what? Let's take the boys out. Let's talk about it yeah. and move forward. Uh, again, I don't, that's just an outside looking in. I'm not yeah. sure. And it definitely helped us because, um, if we didn't do that, we probably wouldn't have understood what Stick was thinking and he probably didn't understand what we're thinking as well. And yep. um, it just got us on the same page. And mm. even like when times <coughs> were tough and um, I remember there was reports out there that um, there was another blow up in, within the team and um, there was a disconnection and that, but there never was. And yep. um, like I said, I feel like that's what got us out. I think we had two and eight start and yeah. around 13 or something. I think we were 15th. So. so I think you went, so you went two and six, I think. So out of the first eight games, you yeah you won two games. Yeah. Um. And but then your last, you know, you only lost one, two, three, four, five games out of your last like uh, twenty two. Yeah. So fucking great, like back end of the season. Okay. So for yourself, you know, this is was this really the first year that you cemented that edge spot? Like not not off the bench, not playing front row. I played there. I played there most of last year, but then. Mm. Um, I think I went to New South Wales Cup for four games. Okay, is that that was last year? You went to New South Wales Cup for yeah. four games. Yeah, was that quite um, disappointing? Because you know, getting, I, th I think it was dropped. probably a good thing in the way. Um, I probably wasn't playing the best footy mm. um, that I was playing, and um, we were losing at the time. And um, it was good to go back and and just find my feet again and, and the confidence <coughs> of enjoying footy. And um, we ended up winning a few games in in reserve grade and. Um, when I come back to first grade, I was I was ready to rip in. Yeah, sometimes you just need to go back and and I guess take off the pressure of yeah. NRL. There's so much pressure in NRL, you can't <coughs> try and do anything. new things. So when yep. you go back to reserve grade, it's like yeah, what you want kind of. And thing. you can just rip in and play footy. Yeah, like you're not. I think um you know sometimes outside looking in uh, a lot of like people might go oh why why isn't this player throwing this ball or that ball yeah. a lot of it is down to I've been told to like get to a point, yeah. get to here, don't make an error. People you know? still think it's the older days. Just do whatever you do want. Do what you want. <laughs> no, you, I mean, you almost, you can sometimes find a really talented player yeah. that doesn't make first grade because he's not doing what the coach or the seven or six says. Like, yeah. for example, Jackie, like Jackie Whiten, he's going to be, if he's saying, I need you to get to the fucking post yeah. and you go selfish and get to the tram line or whatever, yeah. he's going to be like, mate, our whole fucking play's ruined now. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and people, I think some people don't really realize that. Yeah. And because you want to break down defenses, because some teams defend different with different structures. So you've mm. you got a game plan of getting to this certain spot. So they put a defender here so you can do that play. So, yeah. And if you go off and do your own thing, then you've stuffed the whole thing. Yeah. It's selfish. Yeah. It's really selfish. Um, and don't get me wrong, there's sometimes you've got to use your instinct and, and know when an opportunity is there. Yeah. Um, okay, but so this year, this is really obviously the year that I feel like you kind of, I guess, really arrived and, and I feel like the last few years you had like, you could see the potential, it was all there. Yeah. Whereas I feel like this year, each game you were trying to make an impact, like yeah. not just make up the numbers, make an impact. Is that what you felt coming in this yeah, year? Yeah, I felt like I had a massive, um, <coughs> massive pre-season and uh, I feel like sometimes you probably fall into the trap of just doing things for the sake of it. Mm. Um, so I wanted a big focus on when I do things, it's doing it for, for a purpose and um, the way that you train, the way you prepare. And um, I feel like I did that all pre-season and, um, started the season really well and then um, I actually hurt my toe in round one mm. and then had a game one game in, in reserves and um, 
I think that was round two or three. I played reserve round three. I think it was um, um, round five. Round five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I made it a commitment to myself that I'm not going to play another reserve grade game. And um, the way that I was training and and playing, and I felt like each game I was just growing with confidence. And mm. yeah. And then it all come together. Yeah. And so towards the end of the year, you yeah, like you really hit your straps. Um, like in your last like you know roughly 10 games you scored i think like 12 to 13 tries yeah what do you was there anything specifically that you changed or not really probably not i think it was just confidence i knew the player that i, I can be and mm. um it was probably just doing it rather than thinking it mm. um and i had a bit of a saying this year don't think just do and um i think the more you think about things the worse they become and the worse you go so mm. I feel like if you just go out there and play footy and do what you've always done, mm. and that's what I felt like I did this year, rather than try and be a, play, a different sort of player or um, worried about what other people think, I sort of just put that aside and, and just played my own game of footy. Uh, and I think uh, you know, you know, all year you've kind of you've, you enjoy the the niggle and the the rough and tumble and all that kind of stuff. But I think it was no more evident than the game against the Storm. Obviously, you had Big Nelson on your edge. Yeah. And I, it seemed to me like you enjoyed that challenge. Is that something all week that you were looking forward to? Yeah, that's what I've always thrived on, um, challenges and, and coming up against the best players. And um, I remember one of the coaches told me that Nelson was coming over to my edge and it actually excited me because I love playing against <coughs> big, aggressive players as well. I know people yeah. say that he takes it too far, but I actually like it. Yeah. Because you like you're as far as he wants to go, I'm willing to go. Yeah. I like that shit. Yeah. And to give it, you gotta you gotta take it as well. So yeah, if I'm gonna give it, I need to be able to take it. Yeah, it's uh like th- I think that's one thing that with certain players that as long as they're willing to like if they're willing to give it, as long as they don't suck when they have on the receiving end, yeah. you're you're like you know what? And I think Hargraves is probably the best example for it because. Yeah. He'll give it, but he also take it and then for sure. give it back to you after that. Yeah. So that's a, like I spoke to speak to the boys about quite a lot. Like you know, yeah, for sure. Like Hargreaves, he crosses that line regularly. Yeah, but you you never see him backing down, nah. or he, he'll cop it just as bad. Yeah, and it, he won't ever stay down either if he cops it. So yeah, I feel like that's where probably that respect of no one who can take it as well mm, for sure and is that like is that something that has always been a part of your game the real rough part because you were an outside back essentially yeah i was always always aggressive yeah um and, and it probably i don't know coming in the first grade i was probably just trying to do your job and um make sure that you're selected for each week and um i feel like i've, I've grown so much away from away from footy now that i can um control that aggression and, and just play my game yeah absolutely uh it's really really interesting as well as like last year you had a statistically a really good year as well like so i guess for you this is almost a natural progression this season for you yeah um and so going into the finals like this this time around what was the chat with with ricky was he just very confident because he was with the underdogs or yeah um i think we come off a good winning streak and um everyone was playing well and um we knew that we could beat Melbourne in Melbourne. Um, we did it early in the year, so um, we we're really confident to go down there and play them. Mm. Um, yeah, and then against Parramatta, uh, it was the same. We we're confident <coughs> that we could beat them, and we actually played them early in the year at JIO, and we didn't go too bad against them. So, um, and we improved so much as a side since that game. So, mm. yeah, we went into the game really confident, just 
just didn't work out. Mm. And what's it like playing uh, inside uh, Jackie Whiten? Yeah, I think he's been a massive help to my form as well. Mm. Um, like I always come, I watch Eber footy, so I always come to him with new plays and yeah. and stuff like that and he, he'll tell me to shut up or, <laughs> or we'll try it. So yep. um, I feel like he's been really good. Mm. Um, the way that he sort of controls, obviously we've got a younger edge, myself and Sebby Chris as well. Mm. And then we've got Rapper on the wing <laughs> doing some random stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Jack's been massive for my career so far um, yep. off the field as well. And I guess like looking towards next year, are you really confident that, you know, another year with Fogarty, another year with White and working together, Savage is really important another year. Yeah. Are you confident that you can go better? Yeah. Um, and one probably hasn't been spoken about as much as is we lost Josh Hodgson yeah. round one. So mm-hmm. Paul Starlow had to had to play 80 minutes week in, week out, and he's only about 70 kilos. So it takes a toll on his body. So yep. doing a preseason with Zachy Wolford and Starlow there, um, obviously Savage, and Jamal, um, if we can go with them into round one after a full preseason, I think we've kept 16 of 17 players that played in the semi-final. So yeah, um, yeah, I think we can only go up from here. And I like the 13 role is semi-open because I know Adam Elliott got it towards the end of the year. Do you think you know? Would you ever consider that, or you like the edge? I'm pretty comfortable at the edge at the moment, but um, like I've played plenty of lock, and mm. I enjoy the middle just as much as I do on the edge, but. Mm. Um, yeah, I feel like Adzi's going to be a big loss for yeah, us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I, I always ask the boys this, but who's the biggest pest in the Raiders squad? Uh, probably Zach Wolford now. No way. Mate, he don't shut up. He looks undercover. No way. I would have thought raps. <laughs> nah, Zach. Wow. No matter what he says, he's just got this voice and... <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just dribble? Yeah. <laughs> Everything's about horse racing and, and if he's watching a horse race and you annoy him... It's Blows well. up. Because when he was at Newtown, he was working at a stable or something. Yep. So he thinks he's got every inside. <laughs> oh. every <laughs> What's his tips like then? Are they terrible? He's actually got good tips. <laughs> when they win and you message him and that, he, he'll carry on about it. Oh, so you don't <laughs> even, you're like, you know what, not even going to bother. Not even going to tell him you told me. Um, <laughs> what's, uh, who, who's someone in the squad that, you know, who's the best player you've ever played with? Oh, it's hard. I think um, the most consistent player I've probably played with is Elliot Whitehead. Mm. Um the first three years um, that I come in, I don't think he ever had a bad game. Mm. Um, and that's who I've probably been watching the most and, and, and learning from is Elliot. Um, and he's, he's always first to, to pull me up and, and come over and, and give me tips if he sees that I'm doing something wrong or um, thinks I can do something better. Um, so I'm forever grateful for the, the amount of time and work that he's, he's put into me. But um, yeah, in terms of, you, probably Jack Whiten, like mm. he can just turn it on and, and score when he wants to, really. Yeah, it's crazy. He's that powerful and uh, um, athletic. It, it's freaky. He's, uh, his story is pretty incredible. Like, there's a chance there that he could have gone the wrong direction and he's, yeah. he's, you know, completely turned everything around. And he's actually a really good story for young kids to learn from. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> especially, like you said, like the, the way that he probably went down the wrong path and, and got in a bit of a trouble and... Mm. Um, He's come back from that and played in the grand final, won a Clive Churchill, won a Daily M and represented his country. So um, it's not a bad way to bounce back. What's, uh, what's Toots doing, the great croaker? Yeah, he's, he's training. Yeah. Um, I think he, he had his shoulder and that. He's lifting weights and that now. So yep. um, yeah, he's another one that when you play with, you just, you just grow another leg for because you don't want to let them down. They're all, mm. um, they bleed green and um, they love the club and, 
when you're next to them and, and you still pinch yourself because people like Toots and that, they've been around for ages. So yeah. um, you grow up watching them and, and getting their footy cards and, and yeah. stuff like that. Crazy. He's been around forever, seriously. Um, now I ask all the boys this, favourite, I'm not sure if you're a rap man, but favourite rapper of all time? I'm not a massive rapper. Favourite singer of all time? <laughs> favourite rapper, probably 50 Cent, because I used to love Get Rich or Die Trying. Getting G'd up in the gym? Yeah. I can know. <laughs> favourite singer of all time then? Um, fuck, I don't know. Are you a country man? Or just I'm, I've been a country man since I moved to Canberra. Jackie White and that, they love their Oh, country. really? Yeah. Okay. They're okay. blowing up about um, getting tickets to... Luke Combs? Seeing Luke Combs, yeah. yeah. I've seen it all over Instagram, people <laughs> blowing up. Far, far out. It's you, crazy how big it is. Favourite movie of all time? Uh, probably Tears of the Sun. <laughs> Tears of the Sun. Wow, I've never heard that one before. Is that um, is that like a sci-fi future one? or? No, nah, it's the war one. I love oh, okay. and shooting. Who, who's, who's in that movie? I don't know. Don't know. Just a mad movie. <laughs> yeah, Tears just, of the Sun. That's I just a remember great watching answer. it all the time as a kid, and, and when it'd come on Channel Nine, and that mum would always tape it because remember you could used to tape yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. And I'd watch it the next <laughs> day. <laughs> yeah, good. Tears of the Sun. I've never heard that one before. Usually it's Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, that's Shawshank's you. good. Yeah, that's a great movie. Um, mate, thank you so much for coming on, bro. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I think you're in for a, a big, big, big year next year. Cheers, brother. Thanks for having me. Well, Dunskis. <laughs>